Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Today in history, in 1921, Albert Einstein startles Berlin by suggesting the possibility of measuring the universe. To what the fuck history, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your destroyer of worlds, Zatry, and I didn't just become death. Death is a whole other separate guy. Uh, real sweet makes the best cinnamon buns I've ever had. My name's Megan, and tonight I will be your career advisor. Um, the possibilities open to you are startling. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that Ewan McGregor, who famously played Obi-Wan in the prequels for Star Wars, has a brother who flies for Her, Roy- her Majesty's Royal Air Force under the call sign OB-2. You didn't know that? I didn't. I found it out today. Damn! I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah! I, I had never known that before. That's really good. OB-2. 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 That's so good. You know, if you're... If your brother is going to be really famous, yeah, right, you, you know, make your own coattail, yeah, while no, also fair. riding on his, like, <laughs> because... only slightly riding it, only well, slightly. like his job is already cool, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I a mean, he's a famous Air actor. Force pilot, like, well, yeah, that too. No, yeah, he but flies like, for Her Majesty's Royal Air Force. Yeah, like that's really dope, but also. He saw an opportunity, took it. <laughs> That's yeah. You're yeah. right. You're, You're right. right. I'm right. But yeah, I yeah. did. I did come across that today, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's a really good one. All right, friendos. The strikes are at zero. The rock, paper, scissors has been played, and the order for tonight is Matt followed by Zach followed by Megan. Yeah. That work for everyone. Works for me. Alrighty. We've already played the rock, paper, scissors. It's already been chiseled into the. It has the, been chiseled into the the, the marble. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, the marble, the that marble tablature that we keep uh, keep records of the podcast on. <laughs> hey, friends! I know that we do a lot of jaw wagging about wars, but I hope that you'll jaw permit wagging. me to talk about one we haven't really touched on much here. Okay. Uh, this is a history podcast, after all, and sometimes it requires us telling stories about wars that are not really well documented. Uh, so I hope that you two, as my friends, and you, our dear listeners, will let me speak on a subject that we don't really delve into that much. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> World War <If> Two. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Oh, 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 God's above. Fuck you. Oh, my God. I was like, he's gonna, he's not gonna do it, right? I, like, I, I had the smallest sliver of hope. It was just well, like a little bit of hope, and you squashed I was like, it. Man, Last week when we recorded, possibly be talking Megan about? stole my thunder and took a World War II story. <laughs> you gotta take the yeah, crown back. 
Yeah. It's one less. No, I'm definitely tell. the dad of the podcast, and here we are in World War II again. Dad? Um, dad? Dad? Today, I'm going to be telling you guys about a gentleman by the name of Demetrios Itzios, who was okay. very gainfully employed in the business of killing Nazis. Hell in yeah. industry, In industry that, if push comes to shove, might be making a comeback right here in the good old U.S. of A. I will be shaving down to just a mustache. I'm living that life. <laughs> just, just mustache and bomber jacket for the rest of my days. And a big-ass yeah. Bowie knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant Aldo <laughs> Rain. Ariba Derchi. You know, surprisingly, um, if, you, if you challenge a modern-day Nazi to a duel, they are re- honor-bound to put away their guns and only fight with bowie knives mm. that's a mm-hmm. that's a fun fact mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean listen there ain't, i don't they, make the fighting rules but there ain't <laughs> no honor out. in what they do but i will make damn sure that no one forgets what they do yeah <laughs> i just think it's funny like if you like the image of you showing up in that bomber jacket and a bowie knife and being like i challenge you nazis to a duel that and you're nazi like, oh, damn it yeah, that Nazi. We have like, to put oh, our guns away. Yeah, put your guns away. No, Dave. he was like, um he was making a reference to the classic Quentin Tarantino film Inglorious Bastards, wherein Brad Pitt's character carves swastikas into Nazis' heads. Yeah. So that people and society don't forget that they were in fact Nazis. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Or he takes their scalps after he kills them, so I mean whatever. Why not? I got, a ba- I got a bare wall for a collection. Bonjourno. Anyways, uh, <laughs> also I just think, you know, you know what's really funny about that film at like its base is the fact that those three characters are like in that last bit of the movie when it's like, I'll, I'll go, I'll be the one who talks because I speak the best Italian. Italian. And then he just goes, Buongiorno. And it's like, bro. <laughs> Buongiorno. Can I hear you speak That's again? Me. I want to hear that accent. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. <laughs> it's just so fucking, it's so good. Anyways, um, so Itzios, uh, Demetrios Itzios was born in 1906 in Macedonia. And by the time the war broke out, he was serving as a sergeant in the Greek army. If you couldn't tell by his extremely Greek name. He was, in fact, Greek. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, I couldn't tell. On April 6th of the year of our Lord, 1941, a day after his 35th birthday, Itzios was ordered to drive a, or to lead a five-man team to defend a pillbox from the advancing German troops. Just five uh, dudes. Okay. Just five guys. Five guys, burgers and fries. <laughs> Five guys um, being dudes. Five guys, just guys being dudes. Um, for those of you that don't know what a pillbox is, it's essentially like a fortified machine gun stand. But he and five other guys were set to defend it. Um, the pillbox itself was one of many fortifications which made up something called the Metaxas line. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Steve will probably correct me, which I will welcome because it's... Steve, Steve, Steve. Steve, 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 Steve. Steve, Steve. It's spelt like Metaxas, um, but it could easily be pronounced Metexas or... Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Yeah, 
Yes. This isn't Hello. French. It's Greek. I think we're okay. Oh, you're probably... You know what? Yeah, because none of these vowels would exist in the French. It would just be... Um, Dude, that meme, though, where it's like the, all the letters... All the and, letters um, in hors d'oeuvres. What am I doing here? I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. All right, um, I'm, just, I'm just saying, going down the checklist... Uh, yeah. We haven't hit dick jokes yet, but I am xing off. Make fun of the French. Okay, yes, we're good. Yeah, no. Okay. In, yeah, uh, in our weekly game of podcast bingo, <laughs> make fun make fun of the French has been ticked off. Um. Okay. So uh, the pillbox is one of many fortifications that make up the Metaxas line, which is built along the border of Greece and Bulgaria, and Yugoslavia. Um. The bor- the orders. Jesus Christ, Matt. Learn how to read. The orders that were given to Itzios were simply to hold the bunker long enough for fellow Greek soldiers to retreat to safety, but Itzios showed up and went, fuck all that noise. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, went, he went above and beyond the call of duty. He and his five men stayed in the pillbox for a good amount of, a good amount of time before Itzios realized they were simply delaying the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, he ordered his men to retreat. Three of oh his men retreated. Two of the other men stayed. Okay. Oh, In I, their I... time defending this pillbox, they managed to expend 38,000 rounds of ammunition. And Itzios alone was responsible for the death of 238 German troops, which included a colonel. Now that's some good Nazi killing. That's okay. some good Nazi yeah. killing. That's a lot of scalps for your wall. I know. That's a lot. I know. But, as I mentioned, they were indeed delaying the inevitable. So, after a time, uh, the three remaining men were surrounded and forced to surrender. Uh, They were taken into custody by Field Marshal Ferdinand Schooner, who asked who was in charge. And Itzios identified himself as the man in charge the field marshal expressed shock that he had led these people um, because he was just a sergeant. He wasn't like a higher up and he certainly had no reason for staying well beyond the point where any sane person would have retreated. But Itzios, you know, stuck to it and said, I'm just doing my duty. Uh, He's like, I'm just protecting my home. What I was, I'm just <laughs> just protecting my home. Yeah, Matt. Here's the thing, though. Yes, tell me more. Sane people don't make history, so fuck yeah. To yeah, this guy. that's true. <laughs> to that's quote a to quote true. another fucking uh, Brad Pitt movie. That's why no one will remember your name. Ouch. Itzios identifies himself as the one in charge. This man is shocked and appalled that he just got bested by a sergeant and like two other men, and then. He uh, commends Itzios for killing so many of his men before uh, committing an act of war by killing a prisoner of war, uh, and he executes him in the field of the dead. Um, He gets, like, a whole firing line of German troops to just take Itzios out. Um, They all shot him in the head. Jeez. But the Battle of the Metaxas Line waged on for many more days, and 800 German soldiers end up dying, with another 200 or 2,500 being seriously injured. 
Um, but unfortunately, because the Metaxas line wasn't fully finished, as there were plans for, like, more pillboxes to be built, Germans found uh, a, a broken bit in the chain, essentially, and snuck in behind the Metaxas line and forced the Greeks to surrender. They're like, I'm behind you. Yeah, I'm behind you. Nothing Peek-a-boo. personal, kid. But this whole thing is notable for a major reason, uh, aside from the fact that Demetrios Itzios uh, killed 238 Nazis by himself almost. Um, besides well, the pretty fact much that by this, himself. Besides that this fact was, this one dude was like, it's not my job to judge people, it's my job to send it to the people who does the judging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he fucking, yeah. I don't care who your god is, you'll make Kill them all, soon. let God sort them out. Um, so it's Fuck. notable for a major reason, which is that the ferocity of the Greeks forced the Germans to agree to their terms when they surrendered. So the Greeks essentially fought so hard that the Germans were like, you made us fight tooth and nail for every fucking inch that we gained here. So like... You're surrendering, but what do you want? (laughs) Hell yeah. So the Greeks only had three terms, and their terms were simple. Greeks were not to be taken as prisoners of war. The Greeks would be allowed to leave with their weapons, as well as their ceremonial swords. And last but certainly not least, no German soldiers were allowed to enter any of the fortresses until the last Greek soldier had left and the flag had been lowered by the garrison. Damn. Damn, dude. Yeah, that, that's that's a list of demands that uh, yeah. not many people get to make. Fuck around and find out. Especially yeah. not of the Nazis, though. Like, yeah. You don't really get to go up to the Nazis and be like, I killed all your people. I, I'm, I, I killed enough of your people to make you I killed you very, enough very of your scared. people to make you very angry. And very scared of us. Um, yeah. Even so That's much so. That's my favorite position yeah, to put right. Nazis in. Scared Nazis is the best. Yeah. My so favorite this position, event... a position of dominance. A d- a d- yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so this event happened in April. And then in May of 1941, Hitler himself said this of the Greeks. He said, historical justice, however, obliges me to say that of the opponents that have taken up arms against us, most particularly the Greek soldiers, have fought with the greatest bravery and contempt of death. They only capitulated when further resistance became impossible and therefore useless. I don't know how much a compliment from Hitler means in the grand scheme because, you know, he's the head Nazi and all. Yeah. But it's pretty baller when your enemy says, yeah, like, they scared us. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was going to kind of say the same thing where it's like, I really don't know how much I want any praise from Hitler. However, I will when take... he's When he's your enemy and he's like, we're scared of them. Yeah, that's that's got to be a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, and then echoing the sentiment a few days later, Churchill, uh, Winston Churchill, was quoted as saying, Hence, we will not say that Greeks fight like heroes, but that heroes fight like Greeks. 
Okay, I'll take that compliment. Well, I'm not Greek I'll at all, but that. like I think the no, Greeks but take I that think compliment. the Greeks would take that compliment. Yeah, a little bit easier yeah, the than Greeks they would. Are like thanks. Uh, a little bit easier than they would from um from good old Adolf himself. But yeah, so uh, Demetrios Itzios was just this guy that like was one of the first of many Greeks to carve his name in the corpses of many Nazis. Essentially, I love Man. that. I Nazi love corpse that. carver uh, <laughs> is what is what they would have called him. He was the first domino that that went out, and and like I said, had it not been for the incomplete construction of the Metaxas line, the Germans probably would not have pushed through. No, but, but that's also that can also be the difference in a like a scenario of war, like an entire squadron, an entire like group of Greeks kills enough Nazis that it weakens an army and makes it easier for someone else later down the line. They might not have won the battle, but they certainly might have changed the favor of the war. And like, that's not, you know, I can't say that for sure. However, I will give a round of applause to a bunch of badass Greeks killing a bunch of nazis I, yeah, I, I, I really think anyone who contributed to killing nazis during the war probably helped change the tide of the war probably That's deserves right. like a pat on the back yeah a pat on the back however i think like a standing ovation for killing 200 something of them just by yourself 238 yeah, and... nazis all by yourself uh, he does he does have a uh, a statue dedicated to him Somewhere Good. in Greece. I think Good. it's in uh, his hometown. I don't remember what his hometown is because I didn't take good notes. That's okay. The only note we needed was a lot that he of killed dead 238 Nazis. Nazis. Yeah, I, I think you've really, you know... Hammered it home? We don't need The to fact know. that we hate Nazis? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're a good American... You hate, really, if you're a good person, I, yeah, hate, I was about to say you hate Nazis. There was a there was a thing that I saw on Reddit today uh, while I was browsing the internet at work that was just like a pretty good percentage of my friends are Nazis, and then they said that percentage is zero. Zero is a very good percentage of Nazis <laughs> to have in your friend group. Hell yeah! Okay, I was like, I don't know where this is going. But exactly I like right. They had me in the first half. <laughs> you had us in the first yeah. half. Yep. Yeah, but that's my story. It's a pretty short one. Um, in the grand I scheme know, it was of good. in the grand scheme of stories that I've brought to you guys, it's it's a tiny story about you know one Greek soldier, <laughs> the, the little Greek that could, the little Greek that <laughs> could, the little Greek that could. Yeah. Just uh, not a lot of meat on its bones, but I did think it was important to mention that this yeah. guy fucking killed a lot of Nazis. Amen, brother. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Stop it. Fuck. Okay, no, I'm moving on now really quickly. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a strike. Yeah. Uh, half a yeah. strike. <laughs> no, I'll give it a strike. We'll take okay. it. I was going to follow it up with the other part, but... Yeah, don't, don't. You don't want to earn two real quick. <laughs> But uh, today, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary folk, uh, I want to talk about the rebellious and terrifying youth of a man, youths, um, youths. the youth that would later be known for uh, a large number of other deaths. Uh-oh. Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer, oh. the people nomer? No, not Jeffrey Dahmer, the people nomer, a man who would be known for a lot of deaths in the... Uh, 
world wars of twos. Oh, uh, so my here's God. the thing: I'm not stealing a World War Stolen II story from me. No, no, no! I'm not stealing a World War II story. I'm just talking about a guy who later would have an influence on World War II. I am, of course, mm. of speak. Hey, try that sentence again. <laughs> I can't speak either. Um, but I am, of course, speaking of one Mister J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oh, no, Doctor Oppenheimer. Doctor Oppenheimer. Dude, what's with your last names today? Like, I mean, what? that's Opp- a lot of. There's a lot of weird last names going on. Yeah, but like today, we Oppenheimer know- is such a good one, though. It is a good one. Oppenheimer is a good one. Oppenheimer is classic German last name. Classic German. But we also classic. know classic. We know the Oppenheimer name. Like it's it's gonna be it's in history for a reason. But yeah, he is known for his work on the atomic bomb, and Oppenheimer was, let's call it, intimate with death. Yeah. Um because the bombing of Nagasaki and Hiroshima were not the first time that Julius Yes, that was his. what the J stands for in his name. Are you um, fucking kidding me? Nope, it's Julius Oppenheimer, baby! He was the original Orange Julius. <laughs> oh, fuck off! Okay, I'll take a second one for that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm but sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're kind of on a roll tonight. I'm sorry. But, um... I mean, I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> and, and frankly, we should get back to the podcast. Nope, okay. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Anyway, yes. So I'm gonna report you to Steve for the pun. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna report you to the pun police of Steve. Um, So Julius Oppenheimer did some things that might have caused some uh, rather unpleasant side effects to other death. Death. Uh, Yeah, namely shuffling off this mortal coil. My favorite (laughs) thing about, and this is a complete like side side brain situation going on but like i think it's funny when it's like a medicine says here are some side effects that you might have and one of the side effects is death and it's just like well i was just trying to avoid a headache but if i'm gonna die (laughs) this will cure headaches it might give you the dirt nap but it'll cure your headaches this will cure your headache it could also kill you 50 50 in all fairness, if you're taking the dirt nap, you're not going to have any headaches. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so it still works either way. That's but true we're for sure. We're going to roll the clock back from 1942 all the way back to 1924. Flipping okay. the script. So in 1924, Oppenheimer is accepted into Christ's College of the University of Cambridge, where he begins his studies in the field of theoretic physics. He was under the care of Patrick Blackett. Dope name as well. That is, yeah, he's got a good one. He's got a good one. He's got a good one. I'm loving the good names. Um, So Blackett was a renowned experimental physicist in his own right. Uh, He pioneered and later became famous for his work on cosmic rays, which we can talk about another day. I know I say that a lot every time I do a story, but... Hey, I'm just. Uh, yeah, you're really. Hey, dude, if some you're padding here. your fucking resume, I'm I will always, not allow it. I'm always padding my resume, baby. Uh, you're padding <laughs> something. Ooh, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> so he also was famous for paleomagnetism. That's a what? big one, and I don't know how I nailed it's... that first try. Wow, shit. happening. 
So, for the uneducated of you, or those uh, too lazy to look it up, because us. I had to. It's us. It's it, Megan it is, and I. <laughs> well, it's also yeah. me, because I had I, to look up what it meant, too. <laughs> yeah, but you clearly weren't too yeah, lazy I raised to my look hand. it up. I mean, I was lazy to look it up. However, I was forced to, because I have to sound smarter than I am. We do a podcast. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> podcasting hey. the illusion of being intelligent <laughs> it's all an illusion um it's all an illusion but yes paleomagnetism is the branch of geophysics that deals with the magnetism in rocks that mm-hmm. was include that were in the, the oh this is where it gets real confusing because this is a wordy scientific okay. bullshit all right uh, mm-hmm. strike for wordy uh, scientific bullshit <laughs> i will take that um, <laughs> but also i'm He's ta- like yeah fine i'm taking the strike back because i'm explaining things to you that you wouldn't otherwise know so that, I, uh, that's true we're okay, learning fair. we're learning so paleomagnetism is the branch of geophysics that deals with the magnetism in rocks that was induced by the Earth's magnetic field during the time of their formation. So okay. basically, hey, yeah. this rock a rock, this rock now a magnet. Ooh. Ooh. I just want to know that, like, I want you guys to know that those scenes in cartoons where someone, like, their brain implodes... <laughs> and you just hear them going like is that's me right now okay all you have to know he is he said a lot of big words and i still don't get what's happening he so this guy was good at space rays and magnet rocks oh space rays magnet rocks i get <laughs> so he's like oh now that you've brought it down explain it to me like i'm in kindergarten <laughs> I mean, I had to look it up, like, four different ways in order to figure out how to make that less wordy. So, yeah. Basically, he was a dude who studied everything we learned about in middle school. So, fucking, well, he became the boss of that subject. Nice. Um, props to you and props to my sixth grade science teacher. I was a terrible student. <laughs> uh, he will not be apologizing No, I will not I mean, every report card that got sent home to my parents Had, in very bold words, distracting in class uh, And I still stand by that I'm a distraction constantly <laughs> Distracting in class and, you, and your parents are just like, were you distracting in class? And you're like, I'm not apologizing <laughs> I, I refuse to apologize I have ADHD You're like five well, it was sixth grade, so I was a little bit older than five. I was a snotty teenager, so I definitely I wasn't know. apologizing. <laughs> Listen, I don't remember how old we are in grades. I don't, I don't remember how old I am now. <laughs> I don't think time exists. Please continue with your story about Julius, Orange Julius, Julius Oppenheimer. So Orange Julius Oppenheimer, our boy, boy, Orange Julius Oppenheimer, studies under Blackett, and it's, uh, it's uh, not a good thing. I can tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, so, you see, when two really smart people get into the same room together, sometimes they like to do what scientists call a dick measuring contest. In this case, apparently Oppenheimer was very smart but very clumsy, uh-huh. meaning he was awful in a lab setting and uh-huh. became, yeah. So he would just 
bundle. Fuck me up the ass with a roll of quarters. Anyway, <laughs> Zach is Zach is actively well, fighting like... editing Zach right now. Oh yeah, I am punching him right in the dick. I feel like both of you are like, and that's my I dick joke. No, I really only stumbled over one word. Zach has got a mouthful of tongue tonight, I and mean, not in a good mm. way. I was about to say, as okay. long as it's someone else's tongue. Even when I don't do the horny stories, I have to be the dirty boy of this podcast. Yeah, no shit. Dirty so, boy. He was awful in a lab setting. He would bungle experiments constantly, dropping glassware and shit like that. And he eventually became very jealous of his teacher's aptitude. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a little bit, and Blackett downright denies Oppenheimer the ability to study experimental physics because uh, every Erlenmeyer flask he touches seems to just shatter. Uh-huh. uh-huh. How did I nail Erlenmeyer flask? Yeah, Fuck. no, like, you're really killing it with some of these top-shelf words. And then other and ones then I can't And fucking speak. it up on stuff like <laughs> cat and doorknob. <laughs> He's like, man, it's the everyday ones that get the you. Every, just, it's the small ones. It's the little it's, things. I'm staring at my yeah. notes, and the word cat is just written out like, cat. Yeah. <laughs> and, you somehow, and you somehow managed to fill it with tongue, so. Yep. Just all the Wait tongue. a minute. <laughs> anyway, fast forward to, as I said, Blackett downright denies Oppenheimer the right to study experimental physics and uh, our boy Orange Julius, which apparently that's what we're calling him that's now. That's just what we're calling him now. He's Orange Julius Oppenheimer. So o- That's his name. O.J. Oppenheimer. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sit well with this uh, tumultuous youth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't sit well for two years. Because two years, this guy's like, fuck you, you can't do anything right, you're not studying what you want to study, and Oppenheimer's just like, mur, 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 mur. Yeah, so, it just goes back to the, I picture him, like, out in an alley, just kicking a rock down down the road, like, mumbling to himself, like kids yeah. do in movies. Yeah, so Oppenheimer couldn't footloose dance in a garage enough to get his angst out. <laughs> That's fair. And in 1926... I fucking hate the, that visual. <laughs> I hate that visual so much. It's a really good one, though. Just swinging uh, just from the, the chains in a lab coat. The only picture that I have in my head is of Oppenheimer when he gave the speech that your intro was based on, and now I'm just picturing him fucking... Yeah, just make sure you get out of the way when the pyrotechnics oh, start. God. Yeah, because his are dangerous. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Anyway, so 1926. <laughs> Cue the Ocean's so Eleven. So anyway, 1926. Yeah, right? Cue up that Ocean's Eleven heist music because, uh, well, actually, scratch the Ocean's Eleven heist music. Bro, I'm something. pretty sure this is the second week in a row where you've mentioned Ocean's Eleven. It's a great <laughs> film. Far you, just far to, like, Are you okay? Do you want us to watch you... Ocean's Eleven the next time we hang out? Is that... Yes, I do. <laughs> is that, is that oh, what you're okay. trying to tell us? Heist film well, night. I've never, heist film I've never night. seen it. So. You, okay, now we have to watch it. Okay. I didn't want to be the guy to say it first, but I've never seen it either. Okay, so this no longer is a history podcast. This is an Ocean's Eleven fan cast. This is Zach telling this us is... an entire fucking plot to Ocean's Eleven. I can't. There's not enough time. There's too many twists and turns. <laughs> He's like, there's too much plot. I can't do it. So we need something a little bit more dastardly for music, though, because 
Well, on vacation uh, on the island of Corsia, Oppenheimer has a panic attack and demands that him and his friends, who he's with, return to Cambridge immediately. Now, why would anyone leave a beautiful French island, other than the fact that it's French, um, to go back to rainy Cambridge? Because Corsia, as far as I can tell from Google Maps, is a pretty nice just prime beachfront location, baby. Um, Yeah, so why would you want to leave that for gross Cambridge? Because... In a fit of rage and ill-advised delusions, Oppenheimer left Blackett an apple on his desk. Ooh, was it the poison apple? Oh, yeah, that apple was definitely covered and laced with a metric ton of noxious chemicals, baby. And did it turn, uh, did it turn Blackett into Sleeping Beauty so that only true love's first kiss could wake him up? No, this would have killed the dude. Oh, shit. Like, one bite and you're dead. This isn't a fucking fairy tale anymore. No, no. Ain't no kiss oh, gonna make it. I don't think it ever was. O.J. Oppenheimer's out for blood. I know, Megan, but there was an illusion. There was an illusion there for <laughs> was there? 0.5 seconds. An illusion. They're not tricks, Michael. They're illusions. <laughs> <laughs> They're not tricks, Oppenheimer. They're illusions. Fuck. All right. So anyways. So he leaves a super deadly poisoned apple on Blackett's desk. And then has a panic attack on vacation because he's like, oh, fuck, I might have just murdered a guy. Yeah, and? (laughs) He'll do plenty of murdering later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, really. This was the first murder in a line of very many others. Yes, but remember, folks, it's only murder if the guy eats it, though, right? So he didn't eat it. He cut it up and he shared it with the class. Uh, no, I'm just uh, saying. Also, disclaimer, uh, don't actually take that legal advice ever. Yeah, guys. Hey, yeah, guys. Hey, guys. You will hey, go to jail. listeners. I know that we got a few of them. We got a Justin. We got a Liz. We got a Zoe now. I, I, those are the names that I know off the top of my head because we were talking about <laughs> you before the podcast. But, like, do, we definitely were. do not murder people with apples. If we I can, mean, If we can pass oh, this information on... You what? Just, what? I'm telling what, my listeners so not to not to murder with apples. I, okay. Uh, okay. No, we just. I'm just but, wondering. Do you just want to keep it at just apples? Not like it. I mean, wanna, hey, their life is their also, life. Oh, so you're just advising against I, the apples? No, everything else is no, free balling in the USA. If I you heard it here, folks. Matt said anything but apples. Anything is but fair apples game. is fine. I also need okay. it to be known for legal purposes, even though we don't have a lawyer. Um, my my word means nothing. Just as Zach mentioned, uh, don't fucking don't don't take anything that we say as legal fact. Hey, Matt. Hey, Bart. Or do. If we keep up with this bullshit, we're going to need to hire a lawyer. (laughs) This is true. We definitely will. Let's stop while we're ahead. (laughs) Can you imagine us in the lawyer's office? Why are you here? Uh, Matt advised people 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 to kill things with apples. And I'd be like, I very specifically didn't. (laughs) Okay. So, hey, guys, just to summarize, murder bad, do not do. Murder bad. Murder <laughs> um, bad. Do not do. So Blackett doesn't eat the apple, and Cambridge finds out about the whole fucking thing. He finds out that he was gifted a poisoned apple. Yes, and so does was it all it of because the because the apple was glowing. 
<laughs> it wasn't radioactive yet. He's uh, like, hmm, there's something fishy there's about There's something this fishy apple. about this here apple. Yeah. Um, but so the school moves to press charges on O.J. Oppenheimer because, you know, schools tend to look down on murdering your teachers. Yeah, or attempting little. to murder your teachers. Yeah. Listen, maybe they had tenure and they're like, God, we can't even fire this guy. And then someone just took care of the problem. They just, they just hire an assassin to get rid of a tenured professor. Well, listen, he had been getting bad ratings on Rate My Professor for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, anyway, Oppenheimer gets away with this whole thing scot-free. Uh, because mommy and daddy come in and throw a row. No charges were filed. Yeah, row. I thought it was a fun word, and I thought I was going to say row, but I actually got it right. But you goofed it. But I goofed it. So (laughs) no no charges were filed, and instead of being expelled, Oppenheimer was put on academic probation. Wow, shit. Yeah, right? I think what's really funny about that is I was put on academic probation once because I didn't have good grades. Oppenheimer tried to fucking kill a teacher, and he was put on academic probation. Yep. Again, rich mommy and daddy throw a pissy fit, and all of a sudden, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He was also ordered to undergo regular psychiatric evaluations. Uh Okay. And, but this is 1926, 20 years before Walter Freeman was jamming ice picks into people's skulls. So how good can psychology really be at this point? Yeah, that's true. Also, yeah, no. If it, uh, how good is if psychology it now, ice to picks. be honest? Better than ice pick lobotomies. Ice pick lobotomies. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit more. So with a tally of zero murders and one attempt under his belt, uh-huh. Oppenheimer... He decided to build a bomb that would kill millions... Several years later, yes. Um, (laughs) He continues his education. Uh, Oppenheimer quickly transfers to the University of Göttingen in the end of 1926, Uh where he studies under Max Born. The University of Godiva, got it. Uh, It's Göttingen? Sure. Steve, tell us how to say that right. G-O-T-T-I-N-G-E-N. Gottingen. I mean, you're you're probably as close as any of us will get. Yup. So he studies under Max Born, <laughs> where he actually studies theoretical f- physics and learns to build big boom booms later on in life. And oh, that's yeah. the end of the story. I just, um, first of all, for those of you that didn't know, his name obviously isn't O.J. Oppenheimer. We added the orange bit for fun and flavor. <laughs> Just, like, just letting you know. And, uh, yeah, fuck Julius Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, am I gonna go see the new movie that, uh, is coming out later on, in a, like, a, the next year, with, that has, uh, Christopher Nolan directing it? Does it yes, 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 yes. The life? Yes, the it does. The times of Oppenheimer? Do you think they'll get the subplot about him poisoning his teacher in I think it's more about the whole atomic bomb bullshit uh, rather than you know bef- pre you know like uh a b uh no no sorry b b before bomb yeah. Um, oh yeah so please use the proper acronym <laughs> yeah right uh yeah i think it's a little bit before the bomb or rather it's not going to cover anything before the bomb it's going to co- like cover the the manhattan project and all that stuff but i mean like 
if they hint at it, I wouldn't be upset. And maybe that's why I'm going to go see this movie. Maybe it's because the dude from Peaky Blinders is playing Oppenheimer. Maybe it's oh because... Oh, my God. Yeah. Killian yeah. Murphy? Killian Murphy is playing Oppenheimer. Woo! That man. Ooh. <laughs> that man. You're like, ooh. I, I saw a... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw a uh, fan mock-up of him as Dr. Doom. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From um, the Marvel Universe? And yeah. I, was, I was like, yes, please, sign me up. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty over Marvel, but uh, if... No, like, I feel that, but I feel like he'd Zach's also like, be able I to do an care. amazing Doctor Doom. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, every time I think I'm out, they, they pull, pull me, me back, back in. Back in. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I yeah, fully, that's... Fully that's my story about how Oppenheimer tried to poison his teacher and got away with it because... Because rich parents? Because rich parents and fate needed him to kill millions of people later on, I guess. Because it was a thing that had to happen. Oh, Definitely God. had to happen. But, you know, I think the thing that really sucks about that story is that there's no one that we can relate that to in present day, you know? There's nobody stomping around with rich parents just getting everything that they want because their parents are rich. That's true. It yeah. doesn't... It That's just, thing... It's just not something that happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a thing of the past. Modern right? historians like us are baffled. Yeah, no, like, it does... Like, it's really nice that we can tell uh, stories about history where things like that are, you know, a thing of the past. Rich people don't yeah, control they're... everything nowadays. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm checking cynicism off the box checklist tonight. Yeah, you can get rid of that too, Zach. Thank you uh, for keeping track of everything. You can also um, take uh, making fun of the 1%. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Fuck Cynicism with the corporate elites, sure, checked off. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely did that. We pissed off some corporate elites. Do you think they listen? I don't think any of them give a fuck about us. That's true. They're probably too busy, I don't know, in space. Uh, now. They're probably too busy buying now. fucking elections. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. They're probably too busy, I don't know, like, funding that thing that's happening in Ukraine. I don't, yeah, I don't know. No, I can't, yeah. um... Hey guys, if you haven't pieced it together yet, we absolutely hate the rich. Um, (laughs) Anyways, that was a really cool story. Uh, Megan, tell us yours. I'm not going to talk about World War II. Okay, cool. Wait, 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 wait. What? No, what? 
We need to know the name. Please. Oh, yes. Oh, Tell please. us about the notes. The angel said I can be whatever I want when I grow up. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I love yes. that so much. They told me that I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> That's All right. so good. So, like I said, it has nothing to do with World War II. We're really removed yeah. from it with my story. Yeah, okay. Uh, I just felt that you were so beat up about it. I wasn't. Last time. Um, here's the thing. You're just so I was. devastated. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I was fully devastated. Yeah. We can only I break saw, your heart I'm, so much, man. I felt betrayed. I feel betrayed now as Zachary has brought a story from. Not World War II. Not World a War II, yeah. but World War II adjacent. Yeah, it was World War II adjacent. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer think- is a key figure. In World War Two, I think I skirted the line. You I did. pushed you the did. envelope. Yeah, he kind of did. You were wearing the fucking he... miniskirt of the line. I mean, when am I not wearing the miniskirt? I, mean, I look damn good in it. That's true. You never should be. All right. Just anyway, a little taste. Do you guys want to hear about the angels? Out. I do want to hear about the angels that told you... That they that I can be that whatever I want when I grow up. Including okay. in the outfield? All right, I'm done. I'm taking a strike for that. Hey, yeah, you can take a strike strikes. for that. Zach That's and I are level strikes. with two strikes. I have no strikes. How the so. fuck do we always let Megan get away with no... You know what? It's not that we let Megan get away with it. I'm fairly certain that Megan goes no every time we say that she's got a strike. And we just <laughs> accept that as an answer. I also think that Megan has the most filter out of the three of us. This is true. She's, <laughs> she's really what? good at not being... A shit bag. What, what can I say? It's a gift. <laughs> um, so I think that despite there not being uh, job security in the Renaissance, there was way more room to make your own occupation. Okay. Um, like, I'm not talking about the multi-level marketing schemes that a girl named Tiffany from your high school uh, tries to like that's not the type of girl bossing. Oh I'm about. my god! And she is always named Tiffany. <laughs> she is always named Tiffany. And Brad's always uh, getting you into cryptocurrency. We know these yeah, things. Yeah, dude. Oh my god! I'm and just... Chad, the fucking NFT bro. Oh, stop it! Stop it! We all know. Do them. you want to come to my dad's lake house this weekend so that I can tell you about my NFT? No, I don't, Chad, but I will come to the lake house to be about the lake. <laughs> Actually, no. If a man named Chad said, do you want to come to my dad's lake house? I would say no, because that just spells out uh, bad times. Yeah. Bad, bad times. Bad, bad That's a red times. flag, ladies. That's a ladies. red flag, Chad. That's a red flag, Chad. Anyway, so not about that type of girl bossing, but what I am about when it comes to make your own uh, job is whatever Sir Edward Kelly or Edward Talbot, as he was also known, um, whatever he was doing when it came to his occupation. I mean, I'm always excited when anyone on this podcast is like, here was a guy, he had a name, but he also had a second super secret name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really like that, too. I think that's what I'm missing. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all need separate secret names. Yeah, and, like, uh, I want it to, like, kind of be my name, but, like, a adjacent. Oh, so yeah. kind of like Megan of... the Abyssal Princess? <laughs> yeah, like, there's no reason this dude 
he had a name. His name was Edward Kelly. Yeah. But then he was like, yeah, but what if my last name was cooler? Yeah. Like Talbot. Right? Like, <laughs> Kelly is a boring last name. I'm going to go by yeah. Talbot. And like, that's. I love that he just gets normal. to decide that for himself, though. Yeah. he Well, he got to decide a lot of things for himself, as you will see. Um, so we're going to start at the beginning. Very good uh, place This man to start. of mystery. Yeah. A man of mystery, he was. Um, he was born in Worcester, England in 1555 at exactly 4 p.m. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. And we know this, exactly 4 p.m. On the dot. On the dot. Wow. Uh, well, we know this because John Dee, the court astronomer and alchemist to Elizabeth I, drew up his uh, horoscope oh, okay. later in life. That yeah, so we know fucking that lady, at 4 p.m. That fucking lady was so into astrology, it makes all of my friends look like plebes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at someone, she's like, John, John, come here. What is he? And he's like, a Virgo, my lady. <laughs> oh, John, you fucking Gemini piece of shit. <laughs> uh, and you know how he um, knew it was bullshit? Because he was a Scorpio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no idea what the signs do. <laughs> I'm gonna be very candid. Dude, shout out to Zach's friend uh, Olive, who went through the process of telling me all my star sign stuff for me uh. to immediately forget what it meant because I was drunk off my ass. <laughs> yeah, I want to meet Olive so I can know my star signs, so that you can know the things <laughs> to ignore. Yeah. Next time I throw a party, Please. I'll just be like, "Hey, Olive, Megan was born on this date at this time. Go you have to talk to her." Oh my god, I'm I'm so excited. Honestly, like I just need something guiding my life at this point, and I'm I'm ready to rely on the stars. <laughs> like, I'm a cosmonaut, baby. We are so far off the fucking plot, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Not really. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I can get back to it. Yeah, no, please do. Uh, much, much of his life, much of uh, Edward Talbot, See, Edward Kelly. I completely Kelly's forgot up- who we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Edward Kelly, a.k.a. Edward, Edward Talbot. Talbot. Got it. El- yeah. Um, so much of his life before meeting John D isn't really known about, but like we know that he knew Latin and some Creek by the time that he gets into the record books, which is like whatever. Um, he may or may not have studied at uh, Oxford University under the name Talbot. Uh, Anthony Wood, a historian of the day, described meeting Kelly and says that he had an unsettled mind. Okay. okay. He does not specify what that means. I will not clarify further. Got it. <laughs> He's so, like, I will not be taking questions. Two names and ADHD. I'm loving this boy already. <laughs> I assume he had ADHD. He, they're like, he never sits still. And they're like, it's the demons. <laughs> He's got ghosts in his blood. <laughs> it's the angels. Uh, uh, he also had both of his ears cropped, which um, means that his ears were just cut off, which was like a Tudor punishment. Yeah, I, makes sense. What? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You can't listen. It, We're going to lop your ears off. <laughs> you can't listen. We'll make it harder for you to do that. Uh, he wore a cap to hide this. It's also unclear what he did to warrant both of his ears being removed, but it was probably something really dumb, like in Le Mis, where like, the punishment really didn't fit the crime. So in 1582, Kelly approaches John D. Uh, at this point, D had been trying to contact Angel's. Okay. Um, it, very normal. He was the court astronomer. He was like, I don't know, angels live in the sky. I want to talk to them. 
Um, he had been using the help of a scryer, uh, but had not been really successful. And Kelly saw his chance and he took it. And he told Dee that he could definitely talk to angels. He was like, dude, I know what you're trying to do. I can do it. All I can think of is that scene from like Casper the Ghost where the priest is like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I can do yeah. it. Um, I mean, I've never done it before, but like I watched the videos and uh, I've talked to a couple people. Yeah, I can definitely do it. <laughs> I can definitely do it. And then he comes out and his head's on backwards. <laughs> uh. Uh, so, yeah, what a throwback. That movie was a little bit more fucked up than I think any of us were ready for. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. I loved it. No, it was good. <laughs> so uh, Kelly was like, I can definitely talk to angels. And he said that he communicated with them in angelic. Yeah. Um, because D was like, oh my God, like, how do you talk to them? And he was like, uh, I speak angelic. They speak angelic. I, and then I, I guess celestial. like, <laughs> I, he didn't even say that. He was like, yeah, they're angels and they speak angelic. And then he, I guess D gave him like 10 more minutes to think about it. He's like, oh, the angels are telling me that their language is actually called Enochian. Um, oh, fucking quick fix there, bud. Yeah, he's just like, ah, angelic seems a little bit obvious. Um, modern cryptographers claim that Kelly invented Enochian. Uh, he al- and then Kelly also claimed that the uh, angels tapped the letters onto a Renaissance Ouija board. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. I guess he just <laughs> had that strapped to the thigh, yeah. ready to go when he found D. So apparently the first trial of speaking to angels really impressed John D and Kelly became his personal medium. And they, they spent the better part of the next decade devoting huge amounts of energies to spiritual conferences, seances, and prayers for enlightenment, hoping that alchemy and angelic knowledges, uh, angelic knowledge would heal the rift in Christendom. They're just like, angels, please help us. We are but dumb. Oh. We have the dumb. Oh no. We have the dumb. We have the dumb. Angels, please help. I mean, Uh, I think Angels probably, in that moment, looked at this man and said, Yeah, but you just professed that our language was angelic. (laughs) So, like. You also have the dumb. You. You, uh. You you have the dumb, dumb and we will be seeking someone smarter to speak through. I mean, he came up with a better name after. And his name was Joel Austin. Oh, no. Fuck no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Zach, make sure that on your bingo sheet you tick off um, uh, brought in mega churches for no good reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's very I much not on the list. On there. Yeah. It should be, though. Yeah. Okay. We can add it, I guess. Add it to the roster. Add it to the roster of bingo things. Yeah. Um, so D also believed that the angels held knowledge that would help the English discover new lands on Earth. I, so I guess that's why they became really great imperialists. I was going to say, so they started colonizing, you know, for the angels. For, it was for the Doing it for the angels um, is what they said when they colonized everyone. So about a year into his service with D, Kelly was like, dude, I found this alchemical book and this red powder and some ruins and an abbey. Um, and I think I can turn lead into gold with it. And D was like, wow, that's really dope, dude. Um, and reportedly, they did this a few times over the years. And when he and D were residing in the Czech Republic together, uh, 
they they were like, oh, don't fact check us, but we can do it. Also, reportedly, uh, they were both married to women at this time, but like them living together in Europe gives off big gay vibes to me. So like, <laughs> shout out to big gay situations. They were Boston husbands. <laughs> they were Boston husbands. Check, check husbands. I was about to say, um, history says they were really good friends. They're really good friends. Uh, so in 1583, Dee and Kelly b- took both of their families to the continent where they tried to get the patronage of both the Prague and Polish monarchs. Um, they didn't impress them enough, though, to gain a permanent position, so they ended up just living a very nomadic life. Okay. It was reported by those that were close to D that there was a lot of tension tension um, between the two men. Uh, Kelly was interested in alchemy, but D was all about the angels and would force Kelly into long daily scrying sessions, being like, hey... What are the angels saying now? Jeez. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Kelly would be like, you asked me five minutes ago, and they haven't said anything. He's like, yeah, but, like, ask again. I'll let you know when and, the situation changes. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. So they, he kind of got aggravated at him about that. Yeah, I would imagine um, so. It's like you're driving <laughs> somewhere, and the kid's going, are we there yet? Has the car <laughs> fucking stopped? <laughs> then we're not there yet, Timmy. Sit back down. Yeah. Except he was doing it with, like, a 55-year-old man going on about, like, heavenly beings. Have the um, angels called little... yet? No! <laughs> I'll tell you when the angels have called. Um, also, they were really into necromancy. Oh! Uh, which... Yeah, good old necromancy. I think they were doing a different kind of necromancing, if you ask me. Yeah, I think they were too. But uh, <laughs> no matter what kind of necromancy they were doing, a little organization called the Catholic Church wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> the Catholic Church rarely ever is. I hate yeah, when the Catholic were... Church comes in and ruins my necromancy. Yeah, dude, I hate that they're yucking on my yuck. I saw, all right? I saw, I saw a <laughs> post the other day that was like, necromancers are just really late healers that's true they they definitely and are then someone was like rolls up sleeves i didn't get kicked out of med school for nothing <laughs> i love the oh, one where it's like no. oh i have to avenge my brother you have my sword you have my axe i have your, your brother, brother. <laughs> I, I have your brother yeah. um so the catholic church was like hey Stop doing that necromancy. And uh, so they were required to defend themselves in 1587. And while Dee, being a man of court, defended himself well, Kelly, not so much. (laughs) Um, The bishop who was interrogating them got so mad when Kelly stated that one of the problems with the church was the poor conduct of the priests. Uh, And he was like, I'm really mad that you called us out on our bullshit. And he threatened to throw him out a window. (laughs) Um, Ah, yes. What works when you're uh, arguing with a bishop? Defenestration. Yeah, that's true. It was a common punishment. He's reaching for the fucking top shelf for these words. (laughs) I know, dude. He's he's really doing well. Um, So then, in 1587, Kelly, who didn't really want to keep doing the seances, reported that a spirit named Madimi ordered the men to share everything that they had, including their wives, which Dee wasn't really happy about. So what you're saying is, when in doubt, turn to a sex cult. 
I see. Yeah, that is what I am saying. Zach's new book mark? coming out this summer, Sex Cults 101. Sex Cults 101. My new book they... starting this summer, How You Can Start Your Own Sex Cult. You know, surprisingly not as fun as everyone thinks they're going to be. Um, <laughs> uh, so Dee was pretty upset that... Uh, Medimi would say this. He was like, "Man, I thought the angels they were gonna really help us, but now they're they're ordering us to share these wives." But the angels are and just like, nasty boys. Yeah, he was like, "Man, the angels are real nasty boys," and he was like, "I don't want to do the conferences anymore." And I imagine Kelly like did a little fist bump in the back, and he was just like, "Oh no, oh <laughs> no, oh so sad." Um, and he was like, "Yo, maybe the spirits are fake. Maybe the angels might not be real." Uh, they did share their wives, though, which was interesting. What? He's like, I don't want to do He's the like, conferences I don't really want to do the seances anymore, but because an angel said to share my wife. Okay, yeah. no more talking to angels. However, you can fuck my wife. Yeah, he was just like, but the angels have already said that we have to uh, do it. Well, since, <laughs> I, since this directive came in before I told you to stop talking to angels. <laughs> He's like, man, we should have called it off. We should have. We should. I should have told you to stop talking to angels a week ago. Now you have to fuck my wife. Yeah, and I have to now raise your kid. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Because Dee's wife gave birth to a son nine months later. Oh, Christ. Um, Yeah. (laughs) There is no Christ in this story now. No, clearly not. And then a year later, the two parted ways. Amicably? Or was there a divorce? He fucked his wife! No, no, I mean, no. Like, no. I'm Kelly saying, and Dee parted ways. He kept no, the kid I mean, and his yeah, wife. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm saying, did these two obviously gay lovers have a divorce as well? Well, oh. it seems like they they had a... They just separated. Just so a they, mutual they, separation? They, Mutual separation. I think they were done with each other by this point. I'd be pretty done um, if someone fucked my wife. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, no, thank you. Goodbye. Um, also, maybe we fucked each other. It's very unclear. Uh, <laughs> by 1590, Kelly had broken into the nobility patronage system, so he's really living the life, like opulent lifestyle in Europe. Uh, he told the king of Prague that he was ready to start producing gold out of base metals. And the king of Prague was like, damn, dude, that's dope. I'm going to have you knighted. <laughs> However, in in 1591, the king of Prague had him arrested because um, Kelly killed an official in a duel. I mean, uh, a duel is a duel is a duel, but continue. It happens. No, that's what I'm saying. It happens to the best It's also... But it's also possible that the king didn't want Kelly to go anywhere before he actually started producing gold. So he's like, I'll just keep you in jail until you show me the goods. Uh, It also wasn't until 1595 that Kelly was like, all right, I think I'm ready to to pick back the alchemical work. I mean, I I do want to make one correction. I think it's more like Griftine 95, but uh, continue. Yeah. Amen, brother. (laughs) The grift continues. The griff continues. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'm ready to start producing producing gold now. And he was released and returned to his former status. But shock, grr, 
He failed to produce gold and was in prison again, but he died while trying to escape because he was like, man, I don't think I can keep up the grift anymore. So the reason that the title of this story is The Angels Said I Could Be Whatever I Want is that, like, Kelly, we wouldn't have known about him, right, until he was just like, you know what I want to be when I grow up? I think I can be an occultist and people are going to pay me for that. And then I don't want to be an occultist anymore. I'm going to be an alchemist and people are going to pay me for that too. And people did pay him for both of those things. Shockingly. Guess who's got two thumbs, no ears, and can lie through his teeth? This guy. Yeah, dude. Like, here's the thing. I can't go up to Kamala Harris and be like, I can talk to angels. Can you pay me $80,000 a year? And she's not going to be like, yeah, of course. The American people thank you for your service. She's going to be like, you're going to have to pay for it immediately. Yeah. She's going to be like, hey, do you have medical insurance? Because you need to be put into a home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Terrible. So... Yeah, terrible. Do you like? Can we please cross off um, shitting on the American healthcare system? Yes, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, that yeah, one's on the list. Thank you. Take that, take that off our checklist. Just I hope you know that I have actually put in my notes on my phone: must make WTF history bingo card, bingo card for sure. Or we could get oh, one amen. of our fans to make it. Um, yeah, we I could mean, make a drinking game out of it. Oh, let's develop a drinking drink. game. Yeah, One of these times, really Zach good. and I are going to play the What the Fuck History drinking game, and we are not going to wake up the next morning. The video is going to be eight hours long, because it's going to go from when we start to when we pass out and keep rolling. I'll be the only one sober. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, audience. So that was my story. Dear listeners. Dear listeners. I, I want to apologize. Because we, several times in this very recording, went completely off the rails. I you apologize don't, for nothing. You don't deserve yeah, that. Uh, no, I lied. You do deserve that. Because at the end of the day, this is a podcast where three friends come together and we just talk shit about history. And sometimes that leads us down strange roads with men, with candy and vans. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, Matt, no, don't No, that's my third strike. But I am going to use this time. Immediately logged this, <laughs> I'm going to use this time to ask the question that we're all thinking. What the fuck, history? If you like what you hear from the Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at the Triumvirate Productions, on Twitter at Triumvirate underscore pod, and on Instagram at the underscore Triumvirate underscore productions. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 